Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Pitch. I'm Christian Jack. On this week's episode, we have a real special treat for you as we get Janine Becky and Drew Becky as our guests. Now, Drew is obviously playing for Atletico Ottawa right now as a defender and a key pillar on that team in the Canadian Premier League. And his younger sister is back in Canada on the Canadian Women's National Team celebration tour with their gold medals in hand ahead of two massive games this weekend to celebrate in front of the Canadian fans against New Zealand on Saturday in Ottawa itself and, of course, on Tuesday in Montreal. It was a real pleasure to sit down with the siblings as we look back at their life of falling in love with the sport when they were in Colorado, what Canada means for them. We talk about some dark times, particularly in struggles and how it came, how they came through that with Drew's health. And of course, difficult times for Janine getting cut from the 2015 Home World Cup in Canada and that squad bouncing back to have a terrific 2016 Olympics. And of course, the difficult time in 2019 when she missed that key penalty in the World Cup and Canada were knocked out and how she bounced back from that and and how the gold medal in Tokyo was even sweeter. Lots of discussions here about the love of the game, what it's like for Janine living in Manchester, and what Drew is loving and now being back in the Canadian Premier League. I hope you enjoy this. This was a real treat for me to have two superstars join me, and I know their time is very, very sparse, so it was a pleasure to speak with them. Once more, here is Drew and Janine Becky. Pleasure to be joined by Drew and Janine Becky. Guys, thanks so much for fitting me in. I know it's been a busy week for both of you, but great to see smiles on your faces and welcome to the show. How are you doing, Drew? I'm great. Thanks for having us on, Christian. I know you're you're busy too, so thanks for having us. No, no, it's all good. It's a pleasure. These are my favorite times of my job, talking to professional athletes and players and learning so much. Janine, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, doing great. Thanks. Welcome to the show. I guess we'll start with you. This has been a bit of a whirlwind week already and you haven't kicked a ball in anger yet, but you get to do that hopefully this weekend on Saturday. What's this all been like coming back with your medal and uh, getting lots of honors and lots of people willing to take your picture and wanting to speak to you about it? Yeah, it's been pretty uh, surreal. I think when we were in Japan with, you know, COVID protocols and everything, we just didn't really get to celebrate with anyone but the team, which was obviously fantastic in itself. But to be able to come back to Canada, this is actually the first time I've been back since before the World Cup in 2019. So it's been over two years since I've been here. And um, even just when I landed the other night, I could, you know, just felt like like we were back. Uh, and it's been really exciting. We got to meet the mayor yesterday, do a little celebration down at City Hall, which was nice. Um, and I think just being back with the group for the first time since we won, it's just really special. And then to it's just been exciting. Like it's an exciting week and we're so looking forward to celebrating with our fans. Uh, it's been a really long time. Drew, I'll get to your opinion on this in a second. But Jeannie, you said just to be excited to be back with the group. I get the feeling. I mean, this is not breaking news or anything, but this is going to be something that that unites you to you guys for a long time. No, this, 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 I mean, tournaments do that anyway, win, lose or draw. Right. But the fact that you won something and got the gold medal, this group coming back to see your friends, and I know you're professional athletes and you've got a job to do, but just coming back and seeing them all again, because you can't do that on a daily basis with your club teams must be one of the highlights to see that, to, to see those friendly faces again for you. Yeah. I think uh, over the last six, seven years, I've spent more time with this group of people than I have with my own family. Uh, so this is definitely family away from family. And to be able to share these moments with some of my closest friends, people that have been part of this journey for long before I was a part of it. And uh, there's been some that have just joined us pretty recently. So it's a group that came together really quickly. That's never been an issue with this team. Our camaraderie and our culture is definitely our X factor. So to have that already and then add a gold medal on top of it is just uh, really the ultimate cherry on top, I think. And to come back together and see everyone 
it, it feels like it's been way longer than two months since we saw one another, but yeah, when this group gets together, it's always a good time. There's so much laughter. There's so much joy. Um, and now on top of it, we get to celebrate, which is I think fun for everyone. Yeah. Well said. You can tell, you can tell when you go on the pitch that you guys, you know, it's genuine. Uh, Drew, let's turn to you. What's this all been like for you? I want to get into your own career shortly as well, but what's this been like to see your little sister get all this success that she so deserves? Oh, don't worry about my career. My career is, is, is nothing compared to what oh, these, we'll be these getting into it. Don't worry. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's, it's special for me as well. Um, being uh, uh, a true blooded Canadian and seeing the camaraderie of their team, seeing every individual step up in, in their time. It's not just one person. Obviously, you, you know, you have Christine who's been doing it for years, but you know, she's the enigma, right? And uh, there's not going to be many of those. Um, and it takes a team to win. The older you get, um, you understand that. And that's, uh, that's what's, you know, I, I take away from it, being up early, watch those games. It was really special to start the day with those um, those games because it, it, it uh, gave you an, a great start to your day and uh, really was exciting to talk to, to people about that. Obviously, they're asking how, you know, how the team's doing. And, you know, I didn't have a lot of inside information to give them, but I just told them, you know, they're doing great, great work. And as you can see on TV, and it was special to see. So take me back to your guys and your love for the sport. Drew, obviously, you were born in Canada. And, and, and Janine, I know you were born in Colorado, but it's a Canadian family. What was that like, Drew, in the back garden? How quickly did you both fall in love with the sport? And uh, why, why was it soccer that was ultimately the ones that you, you, you pursued when this, uh, particularly in Colorado, so many outdoor other sports that you could have been taken into? Well, yeah, Christian, I think it was the key that we played all sports. Um, I think, and I don't want to speak for Janine, but seeing her grow up, she played all sports, basketball, um, soccer, uh, all these things that, that helped build her body in a different way. And she could also, you know, I think what's important is detach from those sports during those seasons. So, you know, in soccer, she was all soccer, basketball, she was all basketball, whatever it may be. Um, that helped build her mentality and, and um, build her, you know, her body. And that's the same for me. You know, I, I loved playing baseball. I loved playing hockey, basketball. Those are all the sports I love. But, you know, you get to a point, 13, 14, you got to make a decision. Um, and being in Colorado, the, the competition was that much higher. Playing around the United States, that much higher. And I think that bred a, a certain mentality for both of us. Janine grew up more in the U.S. system than I did. Uh, I, was, I was playing with Canada at that time. But it, you, you got the competition on a day-in, day-out um, basis that, that probably wasn't available to us. Well, definitely wasn't available to us in Saskatchewan. So right. um, I think that is what, I mean, it is what ultimately allowed us to be professionals. Great points and great lessons for youngsters as well. You know, who are looking to follow in your footsteps. Janine, what was it about the sport that you obviously love the most now that, that, that you found to be the one that you wanted to take up, knowing that you could have played other ones as well? I'm going to be honest, to just be brutally honest here, I think it was because it was what I was best at. <laughs> That's a fair I, uh, answer. I loved everything that I participated in. Like Drew said, I don't think there was a sport that any of us as kids didn't try at least once. Um, so I, I had a really big love for basketball, as did the rest of my siblings. I was um, I ran track in high school. I hurdled. I really, really enjoyed that. That was something that I had thought about continuing on and trying to do at the collegiate level as well. Um, so it wasn't really until I started to be well into high school, probably, you know, beginning middle of my sophomore year when, when I started to get in with the U S youth national teams, and this was kind of becoming something that I was doing more often than I was doing other things. Um, and I think I was quite late in the process 
in that realm uh, compared to, you know, some of my teammates and friends that I had that were going on the same path. And then I played in a tournament that summer with my youth club and had a good tournament and started to get pretty heavily recruited. And it was then when, you know, I made the decision, this is going to be soccer for me moving forward. And I think it's worked out all right for me. It's worked out just fine. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and how was Drew in your inspiration in terms of being a little bit older and obviously already following a little bit of that path? How, how much of an inspiration mentor advisor has he been for you? Uh, it's just, he's been the one, I think, when I am asked, you know, who, who I look up to in, in life and in sport, it's, he's always my answer. And I think uh, we have just an interesting time of time and uh, time difference is really on my mind right now. We have a different age, uh, quite a different age gap between us. And it's, it's a nice age gap, four years, five years No, I don't even know um, between four and five years. And I think what it allowed me to do was see him kind of do everything a good amount of time before me. Uh, and I got to learn from him and I was always bugging him when he had friends over to let me, you know, play sports with them in the backyard and always ended up being there, whether he wanted me there or not. Um, and so I think it was just a really special way for us to grow up. And then we have a really special relationship in our adult lives. And that's been really cool to share this career path with him. And we talk on the daily, um, you know, he's always watching my games and, and giving me, you know, advice and things like that. Uh, even when I don't ask for it, which he always has good opinion oh, on, and good, I, and good advice. But sometimes I'm like, it just got off the field. We'll do I know this one late. did not. I know one did not. Talk. <laughs> He's gotten better at it. Um, but and, and vice versa, like I try and watch as many games with his as I can. So it's pretty special that we're both doing this at the same time um, and that we get to experience, you know, the highs and lows of being a professional athlete together. So, so special. And again, I can't thank you both for spending some 30 minutes to be talking about it. It's a, it's a real Canadian success story, let alone a Canadian soccer story. But you've got that dynamic, Drew, of you being a defender and Janine being a forward. Do you help her a little bit on that kind of stuff sometimes with, the, with, with that kind of advice? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, she's she's the, on one side. She's started to play a little bit in in the wing back role, um, and you know when she's up higher, maybe some little tips and tricks of things that maybe make me uncomfortable or put defenders in a in an awkward position where you can position yourself to say, "Where well, okay, the defender can't go there, so how can I position my body to go forward?" All those kinds of things for sure. But uh, yeah, I've learned. Uh, when and where to say things and if she asks for you know tips then then great but otherwise you know she's she's the one that's got to live her journey i'm i'm just one that's been through something so if uh if i can help then that's what i'm here for we're going to get to a little bit about what you've both been through but janine to you how do you go from the backyard and playing you know collegiately and everything to playing at the highest level mentally how did you prepare yourself for that because that is an enormous jump and you're still still quite young it came pretty quickly for you yeah i don't think there's a, a roadmap to that kind of thing and you know everyone's journey is specific to themselves for me it all happened quite quickly when i first started out with the senior team i had just played in the under 20 world cup in 2014 uh, and john herdman was at that tournament with us kind of just in the background and yeah, that was in the summer of 2014. And I made my debut in November of that same year. So it was kind of just like a whirlwind. And I'm quite thankful in general that that happened, but thankful for the way that it happened, because in those kind of situations, you don't really have that much time to think about what's going on. You just, I really remember just trying to be really present and in that moment and taking everything in and yeah, I mean, since then, it's just been a whirlwind. I've, I've been part of the team now for since 
solidified since 2015 and it's been such an incredible journey. I've gotten so much better since when I first started playing with the national team. And it's something that you just figure out as you go. I have incredible, incredible teammates around me and, and, you know, great role models in life on the pitch. You know, you can't really complain when you're, you know, lining up on the pitch against Christine Sinclair um, with, you know, right. the like Sophie Schmidt and Desiree Scott behind you, you know, these women that have done, done it for a long time. And I think what's so special about our team is that we definitely don't follow the suit of sticking to an athlete. We've done so much work to pioneer so many things in Canada and, Thankfully, we've become this this group that people pay attention to. And I think I'm really proud of the work that we're doing, you know, off the pitch as well. And so to see my teammates um, really make huge strides in in changing the culture in having an impact on people's lives uh, using the platform that we have uh, makes me really proud to be teammates with them. And it also is so inspiring. So, yeah, I think you know, mentally it's been a long, a long six years, however long it's been. Um, but every single day, this environment adds to who I am as a human. And I'm just so grateful every time I can come and be around these people. It, it really is an honor to, to represent Canada and to wear, you know, the maple leaf, but it's an even bigger honor to be around this group of people. Yeah. Inspiration for so many. No, no question about that. I've had a chance on this show to talk to a lot of the, the Canadian men's national team over the last few months. And a lot of their stories are quite similar, Janine, in terms of they want to talk to me also about their setbacks and how they came through difficult moments. And I know both of you have had those and we'll, we may get into a little bit as well. But Janine, you know, for you, you just talked about your successful path, but you know, you didn't make it to the 2015 World Cup. And I know that was an enormous part of how it's created your your, your professional outlook now. I know how close you are to the Lord and being a Christian and, and, and that as well. Talk us a little bit through that and, and, and mentally how you came through that to come through at the other side and then perform so brilliantly at the Olympics in 2016. Yeah, it was a diff, probably one of the most difficult periods in my professional career. You know, as a family, we've gone through a lot personally in our lives. So those are moments that I'm thankful for because it makes all the things that in retrospect, aren't as important, not feel so important, but I mean, we, we work all our lives for those moments and then to sit there and be told, you know, you're, you're not on the roster is like, feels like in the moment that your world is crashing down. And that's definitely how I felt in that moment. But I will say in that room with that group of people, you know, that was when John Erdman was in charge of the team. And, um, I had been, made my debut pretty recently before that. Um, but I had spent a good two or three months with the team in residency in Vancouver. So, you know, together 24 seven living in Vancouver training every day. So that was a, a difficult thing to be thrown into as a new player on the team, but, um, definitely an experience I'm super thankful for. So when I was in that meeting and, and, you know, John looked at me and he said, we just don't think you're ready for this. And, as an athlete, that's a really difficult thing to hear because you do everything you can to be prepared to, you know, get the call and say you are ready and, and we want you on the team. So um, that was a difficult moment for me to hear. But thankfully, there was the Pan Am Games a month later and they made it very clear they wanted me to be a big part of that team. And that tournament was uh, exactly what I needed. It was a lot of fun. It was a really young roster. We didn't do very well, but uh, it was it was fun to be a part of it and to get a lot of minutes under my belt as, as a more experienced player on that team, which was a strange shift after being this new player on, on the senior team. So that was a difficult summer for me. It was tough to watch the team, you know, play and not be there, especially with a home world cup in Canada. So all things considered, it was a very difficult time, but 
you know, the way that the game works and the way that life works, there's always another opportunity around the corner. And I saw that in, in the 2016 Olympics. So, you know, when I didn't make the roster in 2015, sounds cliche, but I told myself I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that the decision is made for him before he has to make the decision to put me on that team. So I, I think a lot of people in their professional careers, whether it's, you know, sports or, or business or whatever endeavor people go on. I think it's, it's difficult when you're set out to prove people wrong. I think that can have a tough place in your mindset. Um, It can come from frustration and anger and some bitterness. So the way I tried to look at it and the way I continue to look at it, because in no, in no way have I made it or am I done or I've, you know, checked all my boxes, but I want to try and prove myself right. And know that what I have inside me and my potential and my ability and when I'm at the top of my game, I know what that looks like. So if I'm working towards trying to prove myself right, it seems to work out pretty well for me. And that's what I wanted to do in that year leading up to the Olympics. And and when I made that roster, it was um, it was just validation that I had been doing the right things. And yeah, 2016 was was a really great time. And now that I've had two experiences of two very different Olympic games uh, with a very different role for myself, it's it's pretty incredible to look back and see that that's where I started. Yeah, it's fascinating to hear you, Jeannie, break that down when you say, you know, you can look back and validate to your own mind that you did everything you could do, right? Even though you could turn into negative and anger and frustration towards them and just leaving that positive thing. It actually reminds me of something I was going to get to you later, but I will bring it up now because I think it's quite valid. And it's not just about negatives because there's so many positives to you, but with the World Cup penalty miss, I want to talk to you about that a little bit because... I see it very differently as because everyone sees it through what you did. So here's a little story for you. So the person who interviewed you right after the game was Laura Dykin, who's one of my best mm-hmm. friends. Uh, actually, people called her my, my, my score wife because we went together at the score for 10 years next to each other. And Laura was <laughs> sideline reporter for that game. And when it happened, her and I are talking about what am I going to have to ask you? And oh, Janine's going to speak. And I can't believe Janine's going to speak. And, and it was amazing. And you were so brave, by the way, to step up and do it. And then that interview that you said afterwards, right afterwards, I never forget it because one, how calm you were and, and brave you were to step up and speak and eloquently. But also you said at the time, I, I hit a good penalty. And I, you were able to break it down right away and say, yeah, of course, the outcome wasn't what I wanted, but the execution was fine. And in that moment, I was like, wow, for you to step up and do that and, and do that. I mean, and, and I, I only remember it because I was listening for Laura's questions first and I had to go back because that's what we do in professional. I was like, Laura, you got to you know, make sure she's OK because I knew Laura. But that interview was 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 unbelievable. And you deserved a ton of credit and growth. But how did it how did you come through that that moment to come through this side? Because you were handed a ball by Christine Sinclair. The outcome was wrong, but that's a pretty special moment. No. Yeah. Um, I haven't thought about that moment in a long time. Not in a bad way. Um, but yeah, I think. It was, um, I kind of describe it as a bit of an out of body experience, um, just because I've not, not sure that I've felt that much emotion around a moment in my, in my football career. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you're in the heat of the moment in a game like that, you don't think about the magnitude of, you know, someone like Christine handing you a ball and saying, here's our tournament on the line. Don't mess up. Um, but Yeah, I think it's just it's a testament to my relationship with her personally and how she sees the entire team. She could have given that ball to anyone and felt complete confidence in them in that moment. And when I look back on that, I feel a lot of pride that she, you know, had the had the belief in me. And I will say her belief in me didn't waver after that moment either. She'd do it again. Um, And 
you know, it was unfortunate that the way it was perceived publicly was that she didn't take it. Um, and, and and yeah, unfortunately, that's just the way that people see things. But after the game, I think I was standing, probably not really talking, but standing next to Desiree Scott and, and uh, our media officer had come up to both of us and said, I'll give you guys the choice. One of you needs to do an interview. And we kind of both looked at each other and we thought, you know, we each said, no, I'll do it. It's fine. Like, I'll do it. And of course, because she's who she is, she was like fighting me not to do it. Um, and I just said to her, I said, I think this is something that I need to do. And so, um, yeah, I did. It. I mean, Laura was, was amazing. She made it easy for me, but I think my, yeah, if, as an athlete in those moments, you have to back yourself. And I think I was completely confident taking that penalty and, and I will still say it was a good penalty. She made a very good save. Mm-hmm. It was a world-class save in, in that moment. And, and I, I look back on that and I think that what we did this summer would have felt different if that penalty would have gone in. And I, and I'm a real believer, like you said before, you know, Drew and I are both, um, her, our faith is very important to us. And so that is something that was for sure the foundation of how I got through that time, just knowing that, you know, like I said earlier, another opportunity is right around the corner and another door will always open no matter how bleak, you know, the, it looks in the moment or, you know, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And let me tell you, it didn't seem like there was much light in the end of the tunnel in that moment, but um, yeah, just the response and the impact that that interview had was any evidence that I needed that that was the way that that moment was supposed to go. And the amount of people that, that were touched by that, um, you know, I was like, I was a hysterical mess. How did anyone even understand what I was saying? Um, but no, it was a really special moment to me. It will continue to be really special. And as much as it's painful to think about that time from a football perspective and what could have been, if that would have gone in, um, it, the result was what it was meant to be. Amen to that. Just like the your tattoo, right? Isaiah 40, 31. God mm-hmm. renewed your, he renewed your strength. Uh, Drew, turn to you. Um, Janine talked about it there. Faith is important to you both. Faith is very important to me as well in this. How has it helped you um, in terms of getting through your career? And obviously you've had a ton of of, of setbacks as well, health-wise this year as well. Obviously the myocarditis, chaot- sorry, I forgot how to say it, myocarditis. Um, uh, apologies for that. I should have known better. But, but when you were in Stockholm that time as well, and you've been told numerous times you might not play again, yet here you are, a true inspiration to me and I'm sure to your family that you're still being able to play in the Canadian Premier League. Yeah, it, again, it's, it's um, everybody lives their own lives and things happen and there's, they're not in your control. You know, I heard a, a great uh, quote in a video the other day is, you know, you take a list and put it down the, you know, put a line down the pipe there and write the things you can control and, and cross out the things you can't. And uh, not cliche, but whenever there's a setback, you know, when I was sitting in the hospital in Hamilton, I'm thinking, okay, you know, I just got to wait my time and I'll be able to, to go again. I don't know how much more the heart can take, but I feel strong and um, I, I'm, I'm planning to play until my legs give out. So there's not a better job than this. And uh, to be able to come back on this project in, in Ottawa, specifically with this group of guys, even though it's been a tough year, um, I think we'll see in the next couple of years that pay off. So um, to that sense, I, I don't I don't put a lot of um, energy and time into thinking about the setbacks, you know, kind of as Janine just said. Um, you learn to uh, compartmentalize those aspects. It's not that you don't deal with them. You deal with them over a period of time, but that, uh, you know, putting them in a part of your brain that says, okay, you're going to wait right here while I'm doing this. Um, 
and being able to handle the stress and anxiety or whatever comes about and being able to speak about it uh, is important. Uh, again, that's another topic, but this aspect of dealing with those setbacks is is 90% of the battle of, of doing whatever you do in your life. So whether you're, you're working a regular job or you're playing as a professional, it's the same. It's the same. And being able to um, be a part of a group does help a lot with that. Fair enough. And did it, and you both seem very grounded and very appreciative of every moment you have anyway, Drew, but did those moments, even the first one intensify your love and appreciation for every minute you have on the pitch now, or did you just have that anyway? Uh, yes and no. I, you do hear that a lot where you say, okay, something's taken away and then you appreciate it more. Yeah, there's definitely that. Um, I think, I think we're a lot of, I don't have a lot of frustration, but I had just gotten back into Europe. I, you know, was, was training with Coops and, and had a chance with uh, AIK. And that was really where I wanted to take the next step. Um, you know, I had back then, I think I was 26 or 27. I had talked to, to John and he said, if you want to play for Canada, you got to go to Europe. You got to play. You got to play at a higher level. I said, no problem. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to play for Canada again. And that's where I was trying to do um, and, and go there and, and show the level that I can play. And so that sense to that, for that to be taken away and then to have, you know, a club say, ah, you know, you got, you know, you got a heart problem. We don't really want to touch you. And it took a while to get an opportunity for someone to take a chance and that's okay. I'm not upset about that at all. They're doing right. their due diligence. That's fine. Um, so to be able to come back and, and show that it's still there, that's fine. I'm happy with that. Um, and that's, that's all that I really care about. The other things, they really don't matter. You know, I get to play again. That's great. Whether it's in Canadian Premier League or the Premier League, it doesn't matter. It's a, it's a, you get to play professional soccer. So I, I'm very happy with, you know, how things have gone. I can't control things in my career, but I've had a very long career. And if it were to end today, I have no problem. I, I can do something else. That's not a problem for me. So I, I, I try to take those things, um, you know, not just with a grain of salt, but say, I'm going to be just fine if, if nothing else, you know, if I can't play anymore. I think you're both going to be playing for a long time, but I'm pretty sure you can both talk about this game from a media point of view for a long time as well, by the way. Uh, superstars here in the media, TSN Zone, Janine Becky and Drew, obviously taking over the reign on the microphone on the weekend. So we're looking forward to that. You guys are very well spoken and we're better for it, by the way, in our industry to have people like you. You guys have done an amazing job so far talking about this. I know we're short on time. Um, some little bit of quick rapid fire, if it's okay. Uh, Janine, What's the favorite, your favorite thing about living in England? Oh, that's hard. Um, I probably say just being completely engulfed in the football culture. That it's okay. just it's like life or death over there. There's uh, the top, top level of the men's game week in and week out. And I've been very lucky enough to be a part of a club, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, I get to see some of the best players in the world play every week. Absolutely, you do. Uh, favorite food that you found in England? Oh, it has to be the Indian food over there. It's just mm -hmm. next level. I probably eat it twice a week at least. Love it. Love it. Uh, what about Manchester United versus Manchester City in this family? How's that working out for you, Drew? Oh, it was great yesterday. It was great yesterday. <laughs> well, only, only just, by the way. When they match up against each other, it's not always the best for United, but... No, that's true. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Nobody sure. feels uh, sorry for Man United fans when you're my age, by the way. Nobody no. feels sorry for Man United fans. <laughs> since, I, since I've been born, we've had a great run here. So, you know, we're getting back into it. You got yeah. to let the, you know, the money that they've spent, okay, 
Well, we spent a lot of money too, but in that sense that, um, I, yeah, I have the ultimate respect for, I read all of Pep Guardiola's books. So, nice. so that sense, I'm a fan that way. I yes. know it's a sin. I can't say that, but yes. uh, I'm not from England. I'm not from Manchester. So I can say that. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the, uh, yeah, the, the mentality of both clubs is, is great. And being able to see both uh, two games in both stadiums, Obviously, you can't beat Old Trafford. Uh, the the atmosphere at Old Trafford is just, you can't beat that. The Etihad just doesn't do it. Uh, I don't know why that's the, you know, maybe it's just the size, but, uh, you know, the, the Manchester fans are unbelievable. There you go. Uh, Janine, your favorite opponents? Ooh. I mean, I have to say playing in a Manchester Derby is not, there's nothing quite like that. So right. I'd probably say those have been my favorite games, but I tend to, um, I tend to always score when we play Everton. So that's probably my favorite team to play against personally. What about you, Drew? Do you have a favorite opponent? Are we talking team or are we talking individual? either one? You take it the way you want. Oh, well, I think uh, I remember back in 2016, uh, Raul and Marcus Senna came and played for the Cosmos. Nice. And, uh, you know, Raul, I think, was 35 or 36 at the time. And me, I played in the midfield at that time. And this guy was 10, 11 years older than me, and I couldn't get close to him. Raul was unbelievable. Unbelievable. He's wearing the shin guards, you know, with the, the ankle guards from the, you know, the old timers. And, oh, man, what a player. That's a special occasion. Wow. There you yeah. go. Uh, Janine. One game you think about more than any other? I mean, it might be an obvious answer, but I'm interested to hear your answer. Hmm. I feel like I don't spend a lot of time thinking about games unless it's like right after the game. But um, I will say like when I think back on my, you know, what I've done so far in my career, uh, the, the bronze medal match comes to mind. That was really special. And then, yeah, I think almost every game in this past Olympics, but specifically the, the game against the States. Wow. There you go. I'm going to let you go in a second. I'll just speak about 10 more minutes with Drew, if that's okay, because I know you're really tight against the clock, but I'll end this on what was that like for you, gold medal game? Because I know you've been taken off, but you were with your teammates as those penalties are going in and missing. What was that? What, what was that like those five minutes? Oh gosh, I don't think I've, I'm not really a high anxiety person. Like I, I don't have, I'm not anxious, but I have not ever felt anxiety like that. Um, I will say I've been lucky enough in my career to be on the pitch more often than not in, in penalty shootouts. And I thought that was hard to, to manage emotionally, but my goodness, being on the sideline when you have no control is a hundred times worse. So um, yeah, I mean, as a competitor, obviously I want to be on the pitch all the time, but I think our X factor in this tournament was that we trusted the, the squad that we had and the depth that we had. And to look at the faces that were on the pitch at the end of a gold medal game compared to the faces that were on the sideline was like the perfect depiction of where this country is going in soccer. And my goodness, the future is bright because there were some Oh, the entire 11 that were on the field was, was so exciting. Um, and the fact that that's where we're at as a country, it just, that kind of gives me goosebumps to think about because it's, it's amazing. But yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme of, uh, of shootouts, that was definitely not the most high quality shootout I've ever seen. I think, uh, after playing 120 minutes in that weather, it was incredibly hot and humid. Um, you can really not expect it to be so great. So I think there was a lot of fatigue setting in, I mean, both us and Sweden, had, had our issues, but I mean, Steph Labe is just an absolute hero. And when she's in net for a 
penalty shootout. And that goes for all our keepers, by the way. I, they're just all insane. You know she's going to save at least two. So you have that in the back of your mind, and then you're thinking guys don't miss. Um, but it was, yeah, I mean, we had practiced – probably eight or nine full penalty shootouts, the entire squad taking one goalkeepers, everything. So we had that entire process nailed and it was definitely worth it. So yeah, so much anxiety, but when, you know, when Sager stepped up to take that last one, she's an absolute legend of the game. So you're thinking, Oh, the chances are pretty good that she's going to score here. So, and then she missed and it was like, there was, I think probably two moments of each feeling of, Oh my gosh, it's gone. We've lost it. And wow, we're going to win this. And to have that like high and low in the matter of like five minutes was, it was not, it's not very enjoyable, but Hey, it all worked out well for us. So it's, it certainly did. You talk about the quality of the shoot. I was like, you talk about the fatigue. I don't think with the monumental moment and what was on the line, I don't think anybody would, would say that it should have been any better when there's so much <laughs> on the line like that. My word. Uh, but yeah, the, the highs and lows, I know you've got an incredibly busy schedule, Janine. So I'm going to let you go. I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us on the, on, on, the, on the pitch. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you and drew as well. I'm going to catch up with your brother a little bit for 10 minutes on the CPL and, and and then I'll finish off. But again, good luck this weekend in Ottawa. It'll be a pleasure to be there live and watching you play as well. And uh, great to have you back in Canada. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Janine. Drew, we'll just carry on a little bit more here for to talk yeah. a little bit more about the Canadian Premier League. Obviously, you're wrapping up your season with, with Ottawa. It hasn't gone exactly the way you would have loved on the pitch. But I think, you know, it's still very early. Is it not in the process of building what is becoming a really special franchise in the in the nation's capital? The first really major season that you've had, ignoring what was last year, which was never really a true season anyway. Right, yeah. You know, there's only, I think, four or five guys that continued over from the the bubble that they had last year. And there's just, there just hasn't been enough data points um, to plot on the map, you know, to say it that way. And uh the the longer you play, the older you get. You know that these projects take time, and uh, having those conversations with Mista is, is that's the tone. You know, um, he's a, he's a brilliant manager. He doesn't um, he's not very outspoken in that sense. He's he's a quiet guy, and uh, I think people take that as you know he's. I don't know. There seems to be a sentiment that he doesn't know what's going on, but he's the best. He's the best. He's played the highest level. He's he's learned from Rafa Benitez and. Uh, I've really learned a lot from him on that side, you know, the the managerial side that, you know, a quiet strength that way and and patience in the process. Uh, it's been a really tough year in, in every regard for any club. You know, you look at what Forge is doing with a lot of respect for that, because, you know, last week we played three di- games in three different cities. Mm. They, they've done something similar, but then they got to go down, to, you know, to play in San Jose. And so it's, it's really incredible the depth that they have. Um, and and if you look league wide, not just looking at us, uh, it's it's really special what's going on for the future. So I, I'm really excited for this project and what the you know one soccer has done and and Media Pro and and you know the Canadian Premier League, the commitment over the next ten years to help grow this game is is un, unmatched in my opinion. And uh, I think you're going to see, you know, from going on now into the World Cup in 2026 and into 2030. It's going to be, we'll have this conversation in 10 years and be like, wow, you remember that, you know, where we were. Um, and, but specifically Atletico, we're backed, you know, well by the, by the club in Madrid. And uh, I, I'm excited to see where, where it goes within the next year or two. Uh, I'm committed for the long haul. And uh, there's, there's definitely growing pains. We've seen that. We've seen a change up and down in results. But, you know, guys are new to the travel. Guys are new to knowing how and to keep their bodies, you know, going and how to perform. 
when you're not feeling 100%. Uh, and those things take time. Yeah, they certainly do. You talk about the growth of the league there off the pitch. You saw, obviously, it's your, I think it's your third spell in Ottawa. Obviously, you were there with the Fury before. You're very experienced. MLS, you talked about Europe earlier. What about the growth on the pitch? Has it surprised you, the quality? Or is it, is it, have you noticed a noticeable difference in terms of getting better as the season's gone on with more and more fitness and more and more games coming? Uh, you know, if we, first of all, talking about the quality league-wide, it has been really great. I've been impressed with a lot of players. Um, and, you, and as I'm older and I, I would like to be a coach one day, you look at players, certain characteristics, and you think, okay, how would that work with this or how would that work with that? And uh, yeah, I think I was a little bit surprised with the quality and not in a bad way, in a good way. Um, it, it's definitely comparable to, you know, teams competing against USL championship teams for sure. You know, there's uh, not as many teams, right? But uh, the the quality top to bottom, I think it's a very competitive league, what you want. You want for the fans, you want for, you know, the media, you want worldwide attention that way, uh, the impressions on social media. And I think we do a good job of that. Um, but, you know, if you look at it from the growth standpoint of what the main goal of the league is, obviously to have success and have a league for Canada, but to help t- talent develop for the national team, I think we're on the right track. You got the right people. You got, you know, Jim Brennan at, at York is doing a great job. And you got Stelteri. Like, people don't understand how big time Stelteri is. I remember watching him growing up. You do, you know, like, that's huge. And, I, you know, you get to see him on the sideline. Uh, that's huge. And, and, the, and the personalities that have decided to come back, um, it, it is really special. And to see what, uh, you know, Bobby's done at Forge. And all those players have been playing together since, I don't know, like U10, U12. That, you don't see that. You don't see that anywhere else in the world. Um, so it is cool to come back to Canada and see some of the guys that I played with growing up in, in residency and, and with Canada and like, you know, Becker and and those guys. It, it's it's really special. It's needed, right? This league's yeah. been needed for a long time. Let, let, let's be honest. You mentioned the national team there. Obviously, what does it mean for you uh, to see the, I guess the unprecedented levels of success that they're reaching right now. And I know, of course, they've made a World Cup, but I mean, in terms of how good they've been for a while now, in terms of playing these regular CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers, something they've never done before at a high level. Again, I think it goes back to the uh, sentiment of the women, the, the camaraderie of the players and, and the selflessness of the players. You know, Lorea, or I, I'm sorry, I'm saying his last name wrong. I don't know how to say Lahia, I think it's right. It's Lorea now again. Apparently. It's, it's, oh, it's Lorea. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I guess I look more at the defenders first. Um, the rotation at the defenders, you know, in, in the goalkeeper position, everybody's very selfless. And that's what leads to success. Uh, but even more, seeing Herdman do the, you know, take the transition over, his managerial um, strengths are, are, it just brings the group together, right? Forget, throw the tactics out the window. Getting the group together and to believe in, uh, you know, what can be achieved, believing in qualifying for the World Cup is, in my opinion, 90% of the battle. And yes, you have to be good on the field to get results in Mexico, to get results in, in San Jose. CONCACAF, I argue, is, is, is almost as tough. I mean, I think African qualification is probably the hardest, but CONCACAF is way up there. Because if you're looking in Europe, you got the standard of, of stadiums, you got the, the people, you got the standard of pitches, 100%. Here, the guys went to Haiti during a, you know, a coup, and they got a result. And then you got to go down to Panama, you got to go down to San Jose, whatever it may be. You got to come up to Edmonton in November. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> when, you, if, when and if you do qualify, you've already, you already fought your battles to prepare yourself for a World Cup. And I just am really, it's really exciting. 
obviously everybody says that, but uh, when you're, when you're playing the game and you know what it takes to, to perform at the level, when guys are flying back from Europe, it's really special. I'm, I'm excited for what's, what's to come. It's, it's fascinating. Cause I mean, it's one thing for me to say it from you, for you to say it as a player, you know, that, that we mentality before me, you know, is, is such an important thing in sports, right? You talk about the camaraderie that they've got there as a player who has been in dressing rooms, has been in locker rooms pretty much all your life. It's not a given, is it? I mean, sometimes you just can't get that mixture with everybody, right? You'd love it, but not everybody gets along, correct? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, why culture's um, the biggest thing. You look at the highest level. It's, we were just talking about Manchester United. Um, how, you know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer manages to, to get all those big egos and personalities together in one room. And, and keep them going and be selfless and say, okay, you may not play today, but you're going to play on Tuesday or you may play in two weeks when you're paying those guys hundreds of thousands of dollars a week. That's tough. Now, I know we're not in that situation here, but any locker room takes, again, that selflessness to say, all right, I'm going to be, I got to figure out what my role is within the group and I got to play that role. It may not be what I want to do, uh, but that takes maturity. That takes time. And that's what's exciting, I think, about the, the Canadian Premier League is coming back now after you know playing years abroad and coming back to your own country is how can you help young players understand that and perform within that role? That's, right. the, that's the key at this moment. So what's next for you, Drew? Obviously, just wrapping up the season. Last game will be, I think, you got Halifax away in the early November. And then what do you do in the winter? Like, what's your off-season in terms of taking care of yourself, your mind, preparing yourself for, for, for what's to come next? Uh, I'll, I'll probably take, um, well, now that I have my, my vacation here a little bit early, uh, I'll be ready for the last game. And then, um, yeah, I'll probably take a, a, you know, a week or two off and uh, probably get back in the gym and build the muscles up again. Not run for a little bit, give the joints a little bit of a, a rest. Yeah. Uh, go see, go see my mom a bit, and because you know I don't get to see family too much. And um, are they still in Colorado? Are they still in Colorado? Sorry. About yeah, that. yeah. My mom's, my mom, and uh, one of my sisters in Colorado, so I'll get to see them. And uh, my niece and nephew haven't seen them in a long time, so those are again, those are the sacrifices you make. But um, I'm excited to to go back and see them, and and then uh, I, I plan to come back here as early as possible and, and get back into it. Um, whether that's being, we'll have some camps going around or, you know, some youth clubs that are around here that, uh, help out at with that. That's just what's special for me is, is seeing the kids. There's a lot of talent here in Ottawa mm. and being able to, I don't know if you've seen the Sir Alex Ferguson documentary, the recent one, the never give yeah. up, never give in. And he's talking about, you know, they only had a few scouts around the area, not to say that that's Atletico's job, but it would be it would behoove them to to go out and say, okay, this player's here, this player's here. Can we watch them? Because the development is not really in their whole club, but having an eye on talent for the future, there's there's just so much um, diversity here that's really special. Obviously, you know that obviously Alfonso uh, characterizes that the most, but there's just so many players that love the country that maybe came here for this reason or that, and um, they can help the country. And uh, that's, that's a passion of mine. So maybe we'll dive into that in the December and January. Fantastic stuff. And you mentioned earlier, you're thinking about maybe coaching after your career is over. Is that something you're, you, you, you dialed in on right now, or do you want to join us in the media? What do you reckon? What do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't do both. eh? Um, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Well, again, I, I don't know what the future holds. Um, I'm going to try and, you know, get my licenses done. And if, you know, if I turn into Stephen Caldwell or I turn into Amista, uh, either way is great. You know, I, I'd love to, to join, you know, you guys there or, 
you know, whatever it may be, you know, I had a, a conversation with, with Julian the other day, the Guzman, and he's, you know, he says it's a big learning curve, you know, working at TSN and, and that aspect of the being in the, the broadcast. So I have a lot to learn on both ends and uh, I'm just focused on being a player right now. No, no, I completely agree with that. Maybe we'll have a chat about that in a few years' time, mate. Eh? <laughs> yeah. We'll let you we'll let you finish the game first and do what you love. Uh, right. hey, hey, listen, this has been brilliant. I can't thank you enough for the chat. I learned so much from that. And um, it's been an inspiration to have you back. I know what it means for you to be back in Canada playing. And I know, well, talking to Mista said, you know, Ottawa's not the same when you're not on the pitch. And you've been a big leader, foundation, and a pillar for that squad. So keep up the great work, my man, on and off the pitch. You're an inspiration. Thanks again. Thanks, Christian. I appreciate the talk. And I'm learning from you as well you're 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 the best i remember watching you on tsn growing up and we miss you on there but you're doing amazing things for this league so i really appreciate what you're doing and i'll uh hopefully see you oh you're coming to the game on saturday yeah i'll be there okay yeah, that, i'll that, see you then that that's really kind of you but of course you know god has a path right god has a path for all of us my man yes so that's, that's uh, right i'm where i'm where i'm supposed to be right now again thanks so much drew appreciate okay. it and again to thanks soon. to janine again thanks again. yeah, Talk yeah. To you soon. okay see you later bye yeah what a real treat for Canadian soccer fans that was. You can just tell what wonderful people they both are. I can't thank them enough for their time and to also talk about their faith. and know it's a, a big part of their life as well. So thanks to them. And it's been a difficult ride, obviously, with the myocarditis. I will say it properly this time with Drew and obviously some tra- tra- challenging times for Jeanine as well. Um, but fantastic to have her and the Canadian women's national team back with their gold medals, getting ready for their celebration tour. Tickets are still available. Uh, you can find them uh, with Canada Soccer as well in Ottawa at TD Place. And of course, at Stad Saputo on Tuesday as they take on New Zealand live on one soccer as well. Thanks to Drew and Janine. Thank you for listening again and for being a massive supporter of Canadian soccer. Enjoy the games. Take care of each other. God bless. And I'll see you soon.